Hello everyone, it's Tom Quee here, back with another edition of Alpha Metallica. This is our A to Z, A to Z Metallica podcast. We've kind of already done it, it's kind of a victory lap at the moment, because we, we did everything up until the hardwired era, you know, that being covering every song off, you know, even soundtracks and EPs or whatever, with guests from around the world, and now we're back again to tackle 72 Seasons, and today is an exciting song, partly because it's, you know, the second shortest song on, on quite a long, some would say bloated record, but you know, we're going to get into that. And just before we do, just before we get to the guest, uh, of course, get in touch with me, if you want to come on the show, if you want to discuss, you know, something from The Blacklist, which I'm going to be covering, or Portals as well. So hit me up there. Patreon is available. If you want to give back to the show, you can get access to the uh, next week's show straight away. So, um, you know, you can follow it from there and you will be up to date with Alpha Metallica as best as you can be. And we are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. We are everywhere. Metallica Pod on Twitter as well. But yeah, today I welcome a new guest to the show. I mean, obviously, with a lot of these episodes, we've been you know revisiting uh, you, know, you know our past favorites. But it's it's great to have Dan on the show. And Dan, I believe you're um someone say like an OG Alpha Metallica listener. You've been here since the A's, right? That's that's correct, Tom. Yeah, it's good to be here. No, no, welcome, welcome to the show. And you know, I I, I appreciate uh, you know you sort of following this journey for so long. But what about you and Metallica? How long has that journey been? Wow, it goes back a long time. So, um, you know, I'd say my fir- the first time I was exposed to Metallica would have been somewhere in 89. You know, mm-hmm. I was 10 years old, so I'm about, about to turn 44. Sure. And I just remember being hanging out with my, my older cousin, Walt, and my older brother. And uh, my cousin had Injustice for All on cassette. So at that time, uh, some people had cassette Walkmans. I mean, which evolved into the CD Walkmans, et cetera. And uh, yeah, I really wasn't even interested in that type of music or really – I was more interested in baseball and um, – I'm 10. so mm-hmm. But we were so into what they were listening to, my brother and cousin, and uh, we were uh, off in the woods somewhere. And I said, guys, what what is this? And so they let me put the, the headphones on, and it was one. So the first song I ever heard, ever heard was Injustice for All – one and it it just it was seared in my memory now although i was blown away it was like a few years before the juices really started flowing for that type of music but i just remember thinking you know what was that that was like incredible (laughs) yeah uh but you know i think like a lot of fans and maybe even you know a lot of guys you know you it's not till your teenage years before you kind of get uh you know some of that that angst going and And they're the best years for getting into music as well. Like the bands you're into when you're like 16, 17, I'm I'm sure I'll speak for most people. You carry those with you. Like those, those are your guys and girls and whatever. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that there's that, uh, that Pantera song where the the quote is the part of me that's always 16 Mm. and you you never forget those years. But so that was the first exposure. But, um, when the black album was released a couple of years later, my older brother was, um, heavy into that we're watching the videos on mtv but really when i got my driver's license i would say so this is like the summer of 95 Mm. is when uh i really started to identify metallica and as being kind of in the at least in the top tier and then certainly by the time i'm 16 they are my favorite band like no question about it i don't i really don't know what the watershed moment was in my teenage years but the more i think about it um 
the live shit binge and purge release was um it it was hard to get out of my cd player when i was driving around yeah it cements a certain fandom definitely i i had this like it's quite an overwhelming thing it's like this is 19 minutes so you can destroy like sure or whatever how long it is like you know yeah that that's that's a lot to take on it's great yeah it just uh it's just it was red meat for somebody like me mm-hmm. you know i'm listening to um like you said, the the Seek and Destroy marathon, Whiplash, and all the banter, you know, and, and James, I'm sure he probably cringes, or I'm sure he never listens to it now because of just, you know, hand me another beer, or I'm getting drunk, this guy's getting drunk for free. It's a lot of like sure. that kind it's of like stuff. It's like dad jokes now, he's kind of replaced them, you know. Yeah, but uh, so that's kind of when it, when it all started, and then what happens is, so it's the, like the summer of 95, so... Um, I've got a year to ramp up to the load release and like I'm just huge into Metallica mm-hmm. and uh, as we kind of get into 96 and yeah, I could go on and on but then I kind of have to pivot to the Metallica Defender as a lot of us did where you're like yeah. you know there was there was some shock to load and I remember watching the Until It Sleeps video and I'm thinking hmm okay uh, but this is still my band and then yeah I had to I had to fend off a lot of <laughs> Uh, criticism or just hmm. oh metallic sucks you know they're just they they weren't doing what slayer or pantera were doing the releases that they were coming out with you just had to you had to stick up for them it's and i just relished it um but so that's kind of where it started and and in in october 98 yeah. i believe you were you, you and mtv and metallica there was something going on there trl yeah, so uh, some of your listeners might remember in the mid to late 90s, uh, AOL, <clears throat> America Online, uh, I got involved in a chat room that I believe it was a private room called Met Club. Okay. And that was kind of my first way of networking with people outside of my hometown. And I mean, I just dove headlong into it, loved it. I actually still keep in touch with a couple people, but um, one of my friends from New York, said, hey, uh, if you can get up here, <clears throat> i got a place for you to stay, <clears throat> excuse me, and, um, and, and, and I can get you into um, to MTV and, um, for, for the TRL broadcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm just, um, whatever, I, I think I was working as a busboy, um, still living at the house, and uh, I had taken a few flights at that time just to go see people and – so I'm like, oh, absolutely. So I get up there. I don't even know that I'm going to be on TV. It just sounds like something fun to do. I'm like, okay. And uh, we were waiting to get into the uh, into the building, and I was interviewed, or or kind of uh, someone walked around with a clipboard and said, "Hey, is it?" Because a lot of people were just from New York or or the, uh, the New York, New Jersey area. Like, did you really? You flew up from Alabama to? to just be a part of this TV show, Metallica. I was like, yeah, of course. Well, would you like to maybe be on the air later? Uh, you know, and answer a couple questions or just, just stand there with Matt Penfield. I said, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think the video, I've seen the video on YouTube and it's, it's, it's my whatever seven, 18 year old self. I don't remember how old. Yeah. I guess about 18 or so. And I, oh gosh. But, um, yeah, Matt Penfield, he was actually a really nice guy. We rode the escalator down out to the street to Times Square. And he's like, is it true you, you flew all this way? And I said, yeah. And I had a, like a verbal slip because I actually had not seen the video. 
But I said, yeah, I love Metallica. I'm excited about Garage Inc. The video looks great. And then they kind of cut away. And uh, I, I couldn't see the band's reaction, but yeah. obviously kind of paying attention to what I was saying. But I guess Lars said something like, how has he seen the video? Uh, <laughs> Even then he is, was thinking about leaks. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So this kind of you know predates Napster a little bit, but... I, I don't know. I think I was just so excited about being in the moment. Of but course. yeah, we, we did get to see a debut of Turn the Page um, Banger. that uh, that day. That was just, that was a blast. But I got to tell you, Tom, this is the first time I've been thinking about this since I reached out well, to you that I've... Yeah, that's what we're here first for. Time I, first time I've been unearthed or that I've unearthed myself, you know, to um, as in the past 25 years as far as Metallica goes. Well, I mean, you know, look, I, even though I feel like some of load should be buried in the past, there's still a lot to unearth as well of value. So just before we get into the song today, talk to me about 72 Seasons. Like, we, we, we've had a bit of time with the album now. Where are you ranking it overall? Is it in the upper echelons lower? Well, I'm probably going to disappoint some fans, but um, 72 Seasons for me... Uh, it's it's really like the reload of this new era, and I guess it's <laughs> a good way of like, putting it. Actually, yeah, you know, it's like we were bound to run into it at some point. It's not it's not the worst uh, batch of songs that they could have come out could have come out with. But when I first spun the record, like probably day one, because um, I still I'll text. I got an older brother and younger brother, mm. and um, we, we celebrate each release. We we get excited about it, and I say, guys, this is. Uh, um, what was the word I used? I, I said, this album frustrates me. <laughs> right. Um, right out the gate, because I had to wait till I got off work that day, um, listening to 72, 72 Seasons, the title track. I was blown away. I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. This yeah. is great. This is what I've been waiting for. And then it rolls into the next three or four tracks. And, you know, Tom, it's not like, uh, it's not like uh, they were, as a whole, bad songs. It just like, each one of them hit this lull where mm. I'm thinking, I don't have the goosebumps are not there. What's uh, this is something's missing. I couldn't put my finger on it, but yeah, to answer to answer the question, I think you know even several weeks in, it's getting better. Um, I'm kind of rediscovering some songs that maybe didn't quite hit the first listen or two, um, but as a whole, yeah, it's not it, it, like if you were to say. How does it rank since Saint Anger? Yeah, I almost got to put Saint Anger above it. Oh yeah, oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean Clint <laughs> Wells scoffed when I even suggested that, but yes, no, no, certainly. And and, and I I agree as well. Yeah, seventy two seasons. That is a personal favorite. The actual title track for me as well. And like go back and listen to the, to the old episodes in the archive. Wasn't really keen on Shadows Follow, Screaming Suicide, Sleepwalk. Again, I, yeah, I felt they're a little sterile, a little uh, a little stock. Dare we say? But um. Too far gone. Let's let, let's talk about the trap because this was one that there was chatter about. I seem to remember when the album dropped, people were like this is a throwback. Check this one out. Like it had a lot of hype about it. I seem to remember. Yes, um, too far gone. I'm actually I'm excited to talk about this song in particular because it's it's in my top three. Um, mm. I've got the title track as number one. Uh, you must burn. I'm a you know I'm part of that. A lot of, I guess, a lot of uh, fans like you must burn. I'm right there. I right. love it. It scratches the itch. And too far gone is probably my third favorite. 
And what it reminds me of, and I haven't really asked for a lot of feedback from people I know, but kind of reminds me of no remorse, the way it uh, yes. makes liftoff. Yes. Maybe not, you know, note for note, but um, I like how they kind of go back to <laughs> almost sounds like they went, they could have pulled an unused riff from 1984 or five, you know, from some, from some riff tape. And this is what we got. Like, Completely. I mean, they may have come up with it a couple of years ago, but it's, um, I love it. The main riff is a, it's a real just chugathon. Um, you can kind of tell that the boys are having fun. You can just imagine that like Lars is, I mean, this is what he likes to do. He likes to settle in and just, um, yeah, this is new wave, right? This is, yeah, it's got that right. energy, but, um, so yeah, I mean, the song itself is, it's exciting. I think that, um, the intro, and I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead, mm. uh, here, but like, um, as with some of the intros that I think some of your guests have described, where it's just that 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 for pretty, about pretty much, yeah. It's like, uh, okay, we could have scrapped either all of that or um, trimmed that to ten seconds. Um, I kind of see now, like, as opposed to the first few uh, first couple weeks with the album, it's a foreboding intro. It's it's almost now I see where it fits the lyrics a little bit, or at least to me. It's kind of kind of for uh, it it uh, it uh, describes maybe the struggle that that he's about to go into for that for another day. You know, it's like here we go again. Yeah the 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 intro riff it it, it is familiar to me as well. It feels throwback. It feels it feels Mustaine. It sounds to me like Holy Wars Punishment Jew. I don't know if you're familiar with that song of Rust in Peace. But oh, yeah. just, it just, I don't know, it has, again, I'm not trying to say that James is trying to hate that directly, but I don't know, uh, the note choice, the way it stops as well. Um, I just, I just want to talk about the title itself before we get into the main music. It's, it's too far gone with a question mark. You mentioned you must burn. We had the exclamation mark. Like, James just getting his punctuation back in, in this record, <laughs> seemingly like. Yeah, you're starting to see more of that. Uh, you know, we had, Am I Savage with the question mark yep. on the last album? And I, I don't know if you, if anybody's brought this up before, but I'm like, guys, you mean, am I evil? I mean, when you were I mean, scratching yeah. ideas for song titles, you're like, am I savage? But I love, actually love that song. A lot of people maybe don't like it, but. Am I um, Savage? Yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it's scratching a certain itch, doesn't it? But it's a little, little dundaddy, but yeah. Uh, the, the punctuation marks, um, it's, Almost like they almost they have to continue it on, on the next album. Like there's got to be maybe two exclamation. Yeah, maybe marks. a semicolon will like separate some clauses or something. I don't, I don't know. It's it's a lot to think about. But you know, this, it's, for, okay for- it's this song. Okay, so it is like four minutes and thirty, like I say, and it does have a long intro, as every song on Seventy Two Seasons, even Luxa Turner has a long intro. But one of the things that I do appreciate about it is it is very succinct. There are no pre-choruses which this album loves to do like that little kind of downturn before we rise up again just the way it slides into too far gone is actually quite elegant and anthemic and i especially like the way that the third too far gone the guitar swips switches up underneath becomes a little bit more new wave of british heavy metal it's a pretty addictive chorus actually yes um i particularly like um you know the too far gone um where 
where Lars is just kind of rattling around. And yeah, just yeah, there's a lot of power in his drumming. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I was thinking about that over the past week. That um, You never know if this is what they're going for. Maybe they like the interpretation, but it's almost like that, um, that just that chaotic chopping is 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 um trying to pair with james's lyrics mm. of am i am i too far gone you know can i yeah, make it the to desperation the- of it kind of yeah um i also like uh james mentioning the just the agitation part too i have i have uh obviously with all the band members and if you're a big fan you just kind of study their personalities and james always he always seems rather agitated and if he's not he's kind of broken out of it for the sake of the interview or for the mm-hmm. sake of you know so I, I like that he kind of just lays that up puts that on paper it's something he's got to deal with i guess every day but um yeah the the one another thing i like and this is kind of a i guess a kill them all um comparison is that that early solo that yes. little sneak solo uh, before the second verse, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, You're right. Yeah, it's very just a little bit of garnish before like a flurry. It's, it, you know, it's kind of anchored with these similar notes up top, this cluster, this, you know, this kind of quicker soul. It's it's fine. I mean, we've seen it in a lot. So, like Luxaturna also has like an early kind of, you know, spasmodic kind of rupture, uh, you know, of a solo there. But, but yeah, Kirk's work on this, again, it's fine. Like, I think this song gets away with more because it is a little generic sounding to me in the verses and the riffs you know there's only so much five seven open chug can do like sometimes like i know that's the basis of every riff ever but it's just quite pronounced like you said the reloadness of it and yeah it, it does kind of get a bit bogmired in that but um but yeah you know i don't mind kirk solo much in this song because as i say it is quite short it is quite punchy and it, it, it delivers in in the old school 72 seasons throwback way i guess yeah, I, I think th- this being a, a Hetfield and Ulrich song, as far as songwriting credits, they—I mean, I guess how they how it works is they just say, "Hey, Kirk, just have at it right here." <laughs> this is what came out. I'm sure he was more than happy to just you know, kind of scratch something out, but 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 it works well. I also really like um, uh, some of my favorite songs, and this is maybe some of your listeners who drive a lot and kind of rock out while they're driving. Mm-hmm. I guess you don't on the road but you know what james the the no and the oh and the um, yes don't, yeah. don't want to feel this uh you know that um uh, punctuation at the end of those lines um yeah yeah that really... plosive hetfieldness like yeah you're right this just his word choices glossary here is you know isolation and you know burning me again and that's plosive way one of the things i also do like about this song dan is the use of harmony and guitar i mean we get a little early on where it sort of traces out the main riff from kirk but it's way more pronounced in certain sections say after the second uh, chorus where i don't know it's kind of hard to explain but you, you know it's like a lizzie line isn't it it's kind of it's not necessarily like two guitars dueling like maiden it's like james is playing something and then kirk comes up on top and it just kind of has this quite nourishing uh, counter melody I, I i like the sections i think they just add to the swiftness of the tune Yes, absolutely. That dan and 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 it's a very fluid song. It just it keeps going. I think, like you were saying a few minutes ago, it, it's just refreshing on some of these releases where the songs tend to be six and a half minutes and seven and 
45 seconds. They are too far gone in terms of their song lengths. Metallica are too far gone. But just to get one that's, uh, uh, I guess this is four minutes and uh, it's under five. And it it don't feel like there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of meat left on the bone. It's just they really uh, hammer through it and get on with it. I almost feel like. Some of some of these songs, I don't know if it's true of all of the the Hetfield Ulrich songs, you know, where the the, the main songwriters, they got to go into this process saying, all right, we're gonna put anywhere from ten to twelve songs on the record. We're gonna have some complimentary pieces. We're not trying to write the best song on the record for this track, but let's, you know, this is just one of those that uh, I'm sure it's somebody's favorite or somebody's number one, but it's like, yeah, uh, it's a complimentary song and. And it, it serves a purpose, and I think it serves it really well, it's, especially for the back half. Um, you look back at um, the past few albums, and you get, you know, they, they might be a little more, um, I mean, like Hardwired certainly is, is, is more top-heavy, I think. I mean, you get to yeah, spit out the bone, absolutely. and it's, you know, there's, there's the payoff, but... Um, and on that note, I will say that 72 seasons for what it is, is pretty, pretty well balanced, even though I'm looking for all these spectacular tracks and it's just not really there. They're not really that bad. It's just uh, and they all kind of agree with each other. Um, and lyrically, um, you know, and certainly in this song, James is is kind of going back to that. Um, first person pronoun, I, I, a lot of eyes and, yep. and quite a few of these tracks. And this one is really in particular, um, you know, he's, he's kind of opening himself up a lot more, um, having, and you're taking a look inside, uh, they always, Metallica always, um, I don't know if they say this more these days or, uh, or as much as they used to, but James would say, we write songs for ourselves. And mm. if, you li- if you like it, great. But with Too Far Gone, reading the lyrics in the way that it closes, I feel like he, he really might be trying to reach somebody here that's saying, this, I go through this every day. This is how I feel, James. You know, like when I wake up, I'm feeling like this. And the way it, it closes on a positive note, you know. Um, well, it closes with Just For Today which has been interpreted as a reference to Narcotics Anonymous. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Yeah. Where, yeah, there's a reading just for today, which is kind of like, I mean, I get, again, I'm not really familiar with Narcotics Anonymous, but it's kind of like mantras, you know, just sort of seemingly center yourself. So that is interesting if if that is purposeful. And th- there's that that uh, kind of struggle at the end, that... It's like that he's kind of gaining control for... You know, for that particular day, but then he's got to he's got to reset every single day because of whatever the particular struggle is. Um, mm. I love, I just love that. You know, all the way. You know, you you hear some of that stuff. I don't think they've debuted this live yet, but you're like, oh well, that's we're going to hear that at some point. Yeah, yeah. But, I think I think again, this has been a bit of a fan favorite, and it does work for me mostly. I must say, again, I do find it a little standard in certain places, but the chorus, 
I really appreciate the the way it twists, the way James sort of starts chugging on the the, the third fret, the the C the of the, of the A string. Like you know, I don't know why I'm describing it in such detail, but I'm just sort of imagining. Yeah. I just watched a playthrough of it just uh, just for we went on there. There's a guy covering it, but yeah, it reminds me of Moth as well. The way the chorus sort of turns on a dime and just starts chugging in this different direction. Um, and and yeah, it's it's pretty inoffensive, and because it doesn't outstay its welcome, um, you know, it doesn't really offend me. It wouldn't be in my top three, um, like you say. Like I'd, I'd probably have to have Lux up there with seventy-two seasons, maybe in a Murata. Um, but it's yeah, it's not really one of the you know when you have those great albums that you love and it's like oh god what is the top three of Master of Puppets or whatever it's like <laughs> this I feel is slightly easier. Um, but have you seen? Because obviously they all did videos for all these songs. Arguably, the ugliest video is for Too Far Gone. I don't know if you've witnessed it. Uh, unfortunately, I have. Yeah. Um, I I think that um, there's a uh, Phil Anselmo side project, uh, Super Joint Ritual. Oh, yeah. I think the first album that came out with was Use Once and Destroy. That's the way I feel about that video. It's, uh, I, I you know, I don't know. When they came out with the 72 seasons and there was – uh, the promotion they promoted a video for every song. Thought, oh, this would be cool because I mean I remember the the hardwired videos. They were all pretty unique. This was I don't know what this was, but um, it, it, it's terrifying. It's nightmare fuel, you know. And it really is in today's day and age of 2023 when recording this. Like AI is the thing, right? And and it looks like those horrible AI simulations you see on YouTube of like you know, where people just kind of try and telegraph characters in certain ways. And it's basically the four guys projected hardwired style where they had their contorted visages onto these kind of Play-Doh-like proto-men in some dark vortex. And, you know, I'm making it sound cooler than it is because it's so shoddily done, but not in a charming way. It just it just looks unfinished, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like uh, the Spit Out the Bone video, the Now That We're Dead video, uh... I mean, they were. It was. It was interesting. I mean, of course, it, you know, one of some of those videos featured the band. Um, uh, what was the one? Uh, is it Dream No More? With that's um, kind of got the crowd around. They're, they're they're playing, or maybe I'm thinking of another yeah, song. Yeah, no, I know which one you mean. Yeah. Um, but this was again. Metallica is always going to experiment. Some things, and there's probably some people that like these uh, these interpretations. Some. Some of their experimentation will fall flat. Um, that's another thing. Going back to when I'm 16, 17 years old, and I got to defend. It actually, that that extended past the load era. You know, into they come out with Garage Inc. and I'm trying to say, hey, you guys have got to hear this Merciful Fate medley. Like I went to this my older brother's friend who's all into that kind of stuff. I'm like, man, you're gonna love this. Mm-hmm. I played it for him, and he just said, Metallica still sucks. So I would like I do stuff all the time. So I'm always going to defend Metallica for for taking chances, and um, this this one's okay because I think a lot of videos or people watch them one or two times, and unless they come across their um, yeah yeah, it's memorable rip- in its terribleness, but but like it's still completely valid, and I'm pretty sure when it got released the director was in the comments of it, like, you know, saying, this is my dream. I can't believe it. Thank you to, thank you from Brazil or wherever, you know, it was definitely in South America. And then it was kind of awkward to see all the hate <laughs> surrounding that, but um, still. Yeah, somebody got a shot at it and oh, yeah. and I don't, uh, you know, um, 
I mean, it was creative. It was. It was. It's just striking. I just. It's. I had to comment on it. Like you know, if it was just a generic video, fair enough. But but no, it's <laughs> uh, it, it's quite outstanding in its own way. But any um any final thoughts on on Too Far Gone? Um. Again, like I said, it's um. It's it's a better. I hate to use the word filler because Metallica just they don't. I don't think they aim for filler songs, but it, it's a complimentary track mm. to. Um, I mean, it, it, it fits the narrative. Um, again, I think that James continues to be, uh, I, I think he's courageous for for putting this stuff out there. I mean, I always think like, wow, does it, this really never ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first time he revealed himself, well, I guess would have been Fade to Black. And it have, that's almost 40 years ago, and he, he's still struggling. Um, uh, so I think it's a great song. Uh, well, great, it's, it's it's well enough and the the solo the main solo uh makes pretty good liftoff uh again it reminds me of kill them all but i don't think kirk lands it that well no it's kind of eh, let's just kind of settle it it you know settle under uh at this spot but um yeah all in all i would say it's it's in my top three for i guess because I, I can't find a better track. Um, Lux Eterna, I listened to again yesterday. I, I'm, I'm probably going to have to bump one of these two, You Must Burn or Too Far Gone. Yeah. It's awesome. I, 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 was, I, I was shocked Lux wasn't in your top three. Like, that is, yeah. I probably need to revisit it. it it's a uh, moving uh, moving target. or Yeah. Uh, it's fluid. Another couple fluid. months would be different three songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah, the solo, I mean... It's it's quite throwaway, really. Uh, you know, it's it's in that it's in that cast of, of that old school sort of playing that Kirk can occupy, and it does its job as a slightly titillating, you know, piece of audio for for a good distraction. But um, but yeah, it's a li- it's a li- it's a little uh, little disposable, and it's not heroic, unfortunately, like the uh, Master of Obvious version. But um, so uh, let's finish with some quick questions, Dan, because uh, it's your first time on the show, so um, you you are not returning. We don't know the answers. Uh, yeah. So your favorite Metallica song, please. What is it? Wow. So if you'd asked me for the first 25 years or so, gosh, it's been that long. Uh, <laughs> I would say one. Mm. And it's really hard to move that one off. But, man, I got to say Spit Out the Bone is – because the question I ask myself is when I go to see Metallica live again, what do I, it, what do I really want to hear the most? And I just think that in the modern era, that's – that's the one. Mm. Um, I love Spit Out the Bone. Yeah. I'm a big Freight Ends guy. I'm a big um, Battery. Um, I mean, some of in, But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Spit Out the Bone. Okay. Maybe that's just a little different. And, you know, some of the old fans, it's, you kind of had this inclination to, like, you can only pick from that well of the first four albums, like, because you've been around for 30 years. It's like, no, you could pick a newer song. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah. no, good choice, rare choice. I, like I, I don't know if that came up. I like it because it's. Um, I don't know if the word's prophetic on James's part. Um, mm-hmm. You know, eventually machines are going to stand triumphant. <laughs> but uh, it's just a. It's an awesome track. Your favorite album by the band. My favorite album as a whole is Kill 'Em All. Ooh, okay. And, I do love and Kill this. Em all. And the way that, and 
See, that's another one that you kind of have to think, well, well, shouldn't you pick the one that's like the, uh, the where they've matured or, you know, like the puppets or the justice type. Um, my answer is, is kind of based on which album do I have the most fun listening to? Uh, and I spent a lot of time driving and, uh, most of the time when I enjoy Metallica is when I'm driving around and I just still have a blast with these songs. I know the lyrics are ridiculous in some places. I mean, hit the lights is awesome. Phantom Lord, uh, just singing, singing along, you know, and really feeling it when you're singing Phantom Lord by yourself. It's just a fun experience. Uh, so I got to kill them all. It's it. Favorite member. This is another one that has changed. Uh, my favorite member is Lars. Mm, yeah. And uh, it was James uh, up until, I don't know, five minutes ago. Or no. Sure. <laughs> Oh, most like like anybody, sixteen year old, um, going through your twenties. I, I just loved Hatfield. I still do, but um, I'm kind of recognizing Lars is that he's just so integral to their success. He's got the business head on his shoulders. He probably steered them from some bad decisions. Yeah. Um, he is responsible for some things that. People don't, including me, are not very happy with like the base on justice or the snare, snare on St. Anger. Actually, the snare on St. Anger, I can live with it. Uh, I think it was a good chance to take. But yeah, I got to say, Lars, just because you take him out of the mix, maybe you have a more technical drummer, but um, but you may not have uh, someone that can kind of steer you into that stratosphere. and. But not not a lot of daylight between James and Lars. I, love I mean, them both. Uh, yeah, it's they're they're pretty integral to each other as course as well. Yeah, they're pretty inseparable in that way. And um, seeing them live, like what, how many times have you seen them? So I, I've seen Metallica um, six or seven times, but um, and some some great shows. Looking back now, like I saw them the first time on the uh, Poor Tori Me uh, tour. I saw them in Atlanta. A few times, uh, Chicago. Uh, I was at the Y2K show in in uh, Pontiac, Michigan, Detroit. Yeah. Um, I last saw them. So I haven't seen them live now in twenty years, which is uh, surprising to me. Uh, but yeah, I saw them. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm looking. I, I scratched out some notes. I looked at some, some of my old ticket stubs. I saw them a lot back in that era. And then for whatever reason here, um, I've had, as with a lot of fans, I've had some twists and turns and jobs and uh, events in my life where it's not like Metallica fade. They never faded off. But um, but I just uh, well, I probably could have put forth more effort with getting involved in the broader community. Like I said, I haven't done anything um, like this. Uh, in the years I've been a fan and the, the last time was kind of like in the late nineties. So, um, I can't wait to get back out to a show again, but yeah, those are the ones I saw them quite a few times back then. One of the, one in particular, uh, uh, was the, I saw the live debut, debut of fuel. Oh, okay. That's quite uh, a landmark. This would have been, uh, Yeah, this was in Chicago, I think, or, yeah. or Atlanta. Saw, um, saw him on um, 
Well, yeah, I'm just looking at my notes. It's got a lot of uh, interesting notes here. <laughs> Songs that I saw for the first time. Uh, James's wakeboarding accident. I was at the concert where this is actually one story I meant to tell. Uh, uh, in 2000, hmm. this is before, well, not before the internet, but before social media, where you can find out, uh, you know, up to the minute news. So we didn't know that James wasn't going to sing that night. wasn't even going to be a part of the of the performance. Um, this is where they brought in members of, of yeah. Kid Rock. I remember, uh, yeah. Corn. System and of then, Down, I think, were in there for a bit. Yeah, and then um, about a month later, you could present your ticket to basically go see Metallica for free, I think, um, at an amphitheater in Atlanta. So we did that, saw Metallica play, get up on stage with COC, or, or saw James get up and and play a song with them so yeah been a long time so i'm i'm a relic <laughs> well like you say we've been unearthing things here so you know it's a little dusty but it's it's you know it's completely valid so i guess finally if you were to do a podcast like this alpha talica about another band that you love who would you like to cover oh that's what i've been thinking about and um i there's no band that i know like metallica no. track for track full catalog so it's like well i could probably do like makeup era kiss i could probably do uh pepper keenan era coc mm. um there's a band that i really i've liked for a long time out of atlanta uh driving and crying and okay, they're not, more not heard of them they're more of a rock and roll band or just a straight ahead rock band yeah um so i'm i think the one that'd be most interesting would probably be COC, Corrosion of Conformity. Um, I agree. I think yeah. that would make a good show, definitely. Yeah. Um, the but... ABCs of COC or something like that. You could go, <laughs> go, go that direction. But... Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, but I really enjoy, and actually you turned me on to uh, uh, Speak and Destroy. Oh, yes, yes. One that of the, is. One of the rivals. Yeah, old Ryan, I believe. <laughs> and uh, metal up your podcast. So, I mean, um, come on, and, and we just got the news that Ethan's leaving the pod, which is very sad. What a legend! No, I mean, truly a, a beautiful human being inside and out. I had the privilege of meeting him uh, in Manchester about a year ago or so. But you know, just as obviously a deep fan like we all love metal up your podcast, it's it's a shame. But we got old Clint there, so it ain't all bad, right? Well. This was the first one that I landed on was Alpha Metallica. I was um, I was looking for um, just an interview with James Hetfield or I was just searching Metallica and um, it popped up. I'm like, whoa, A to Z, all the songs. The episode is only about a, tr a particular track or that or that you know what that guest and uh, has to offer their experience. I'm like, I'm in. So um, I used to just listen. And never really thought about reaching out, but um, I was—I made a career change last year, and was just—I was just way too busy to, to even think that when I could be available. So, well, this is a, you know, this is you know, this is a good lesson for listeners. You know, this is what can happen if you email metallicapod@gmail.com. You can come on the show. And Dan, it has been a great chat. Is there anything finally you want to shout out, uh, promote, or? Yeah, well, I've got a, a couple buddies of mine do a podcast that they're on. I think they're coming back in the fall. Mm. It's called uh, Gimme 10, G-I-M-M-E, and then the number 10. Uh, and they just kind of talk 
uh, about various topics and, and culture, music, movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that one. And um, But yeah, other than that, like I said, I'm just kind of a, I think one of your listeners at one point said, I'm just some guy that listens to Metallica. <laughs> yeah. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this has been great. And again, people get in touch with MetallicaPodGmail.com. Patreon, you can support us. Go back through the archive. Check out all the 72 season songs we've done up to this point and all the other episodes. Uh, iTunes, leave us a review over there. We're on Spotify. Tell a friend about the podcast as well. Dan, thanks for your time. This has been great. Thank you, Tom.